My name is Jack McDonald, and this is This Is My Favourite Thing, the podcast dedicated and devoted to talking about people's favourite things, things that they unequivocally, as it says in the description, recommend, love, cherish and yearn for. My guest today is star of stage and screen, recently renewed redhead, Fiona Gilbin. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm feeling invigorated. Oh, you sound it. It's the flat tone, I think. It's never never been heard before. No character, no tone. Oh, I think it's calming. It's mm. like ASMR without the whispering. That is... We can whisper. <laughs> my favourite thing is the 2007 movie Hot mm. Fuzz. Oh, my God. I cannot remember the first time that I watched it. I've watched it a lot of times and they've all kind of melded together. As in all the viewing times? Yeah, I've never... I, I was thinking about that today of my first viewing of it and I really I can't remember have you introduced it to other people I think I had like a viewing party thing at my house last year Mm. where people came over and and watched it and just drank um we tried to do like a Cornetto trilogy so I think there was some new people then and then it's like how me and Miles my boyfriend bonded as well when we were first dating was our mutual love for the Cornetto trilogy could you just talk about what that trilogy is yep so the first one is Shaun of the dead which is like a parody of dawn of the dead and zombie movies in general the second one is hot fuzz which is a parody slash love letter to american cop movies hmm. and then the last one is world's end which is like alien killing stuff i don't know it's my least favorite one but I still <laughs> yeah i think it's like the messiest kind of premise in terms of what it's parody yeah it's kind of hard to explain it's almost like in two halves even mm. though Hot Fuzz kind of feels like it's in two halves, but they still, like, work well together. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I know um, what I mean. I still like it, but it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. My least watched one. And the Cornetto trilogy, the three films, are directed by Edgar Wright, but they don't necessarily interlink, but because they have the same, like, three people behind them, I guess it's just considered a trilogy. The style and tone is so similar that they are, like, three that go together. Yeah. I believe so. I'm pretty sure they kind of stumbled into the Cornetto trilogy. It was never like, we're going to make three Hmm. movies and they're going to, like, yeah, it was just kind of one after the other. Yeah, so why Hot Fuzz, do you think? What is it it about that that you think this is what really keeps me coming back? Yeah, I I was thinking about that too, and I actually don't know either because... um, Yeah, I didn't write them in. (laughs) Yeah. Cut the recording. (laughs) Um, Like, I'm a writer and director and actor, and sort of the things you learn is that people like to watch themselves like you know so I would like movies that star women or like strong women and you know like all that kind of thing and yeah it's not anything to do with me I'm not the target audience I don't think like I don't live in England I don't love cop movies but there's just something about it I don't know I just um watched it once and have just watched it over and over again and like watched the DVD commentaries and weirdly even though it's a movie with blood and gore and giant shooting scenes like it was the movie that I'd fall asleep to yeah <laughs> like There's my comfort watch comforting in that. Yeah. yeah it's just I love British humor and mm. that kind of thing so that probably is the thing that got me hooked but for all intents and purposes it probably shouldn't be my favorite movie on paper but it just is. And it can be. And I love it. And it will be. Forever. <laughs> I love it. When you come back to a reviewing, do you feel like you get something different out of it each time? Do you think you appreciate different elements? So it's the 
cohesive whole or the writing or characters that stand out that you come back for? Oh, like all of it. And yeah, it's something that I always say when people like are talking about it is just every time you watch it, like even though I've seen it a thousand times, you see something new. Like just today, I was watching it today and the two Andys, there's two guys called Andy Hmm. and they ask Sergeant Angel, why do you think they're called the Andys? And he says, they're both named Andrew. And then um, Danny says, and oh, I can't remember the right wording, but it's just like, and, you know, trying to talk to them is like climbing a, a mountain. Yeah, and I right. like finally go, oh, the Andes, <laughs> like the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And I only just got that two hours ago when I was watching it. So, yeah. yeah it was interesting watching a couple of other people's reviews on YouTube and they feel re-watching it a whole bunch of times will actually get you to appreciate this movie that on the surface seems like something that's quite simplistic. Yeah. I guess. Do you think that comes from the genre that it's parodying or the way that they've executed it that it's just like the that the hot fuzz itself is kind of so seamless in the way that it's made it seems like simpler than it is yeah and i think for lack of a better term like a lot of the jokes are stupid like it's really Mm. silly a lot of the time like um, a lot of gags and everything but then once you sort of know the ending and then you know your first rewatch of it you see like pretty much every joke from the start comes back in a meaningful way mm. at some point. You know, so like, oh, everyone's everyone and their mums are packing around here. And he says, like, who? Farmers. Who else? Farmers' mums. <laughs> and like, and then later on, a farmer and his mum like shoots at them, sort yeah. of thing. Like, there's always some kind of yeah connection. It's really clever, but seems stupid. Yeah, it just references itself in a lot of different ways. Yeah. It's kind of like um, Arrested Development is the thing I think of oh, yeah. when I think about this, just in the way that it constantly like. In referencing the jokes in itself, it just becomes funnier, builds on itself in that way. I don't think we've actually explained, like, what the movie (laughs) is, so could you just give, like, a brief summary for someone who hasn't seen it? Yeah, so Hot Fuzz stars um, Simon Pegg as Sergeant Nicholas Angel, and he's the best cop in London. He has a 400 times better record than everybody else in the precinct, and so they move him to a small town, Um, because he's doing too good a job. And then he moves to that small town and starts noticing weird things and mysterious deaths and chaos ensues. Uh, So Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are both starred in those three Cornetto trilogy movies. I was curious if you could talk about their relationship and what you feel they bring to each other as like a comedy duo. Well, I find it interesting that Edgar Wright, the director, and then Simon Pegg wrote Hot Fuzz together. Mm. And I'm not sure if they did the other two. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did the other two together. So it's kind of interesting that Nick Frost isn't on that writing team. Because it does seem like he knows what's going on. You know, like you can kind of tell when there's a cohesion. That's why, yeah, I like to write and act in my own stuff because you just like know it in and out sort of thing. And there's just something you can tell that Simon Pegg was a part of the process. He didn't just come on in and get hired or whatever. Yeah. but yeah, I guess once you find someone, com- comedy-wise especially, with that kind of same energy and the um, chemistry that they have, yeah, it's just perfect. Do you think Simon Pegg having that writer-acting position is part of the reason why it's just such a solid movie in terms of like the story and also just his like dedication to the movie because like watching it you really feel that he is the lead character and the whole film really runs on the tracks that he sets down in every scene yeah i think so because he and edgar wright wrote it in the span of like 18 months i think and they were interviewing 
dozens of actual police officers. Right. And, um, I know one of the first things he says um, is, oh, don't you want a cushy office job? And he says, oh, my office is out on the streets. And that's yeah. like something an actual police officer said to him. So I just right. feel like, yeah, once you're that embedded in it, you can just tell when an actor, yeah, is also part of the creative team. Something I wanted to say, actually, this was my first time watching it after the Black Lives Matter movement and, like, all of the defund the police things. Yeah, right. And, like, I was just, like, in my head, oh, my God, my favourite movie is... <laughs> Propaganda. <laughs> like, yeah, like, a Copaganda. And so I had a little bit of a panic, like, oh, no, what if I'm going to watch it this time and maybe, like, hate it because I'm looking at it through a sort of more... Like a socially conscious lens. Socially conscious lens, yeah. Mm. And obviously this is coming from a, you know, cis white person's view still, but it did have a certain amount of relief to it that he was pretty much the only good cop in a sea of bad cops. And that was like the movies commenting on that. So I kind of went like, oh, thank God I'm not (laughs) like my favorite movie isn't completely ruined. (laughs) Hey guys, I actually love the police. That's my favorite thing. Mm, Fund the police is (laughs) the hill I'm dying on. Um, I just wanted to play you a clip from the commentary itself, the one with uh, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino. It's like uh, you have one great cop and one bad cop, and yeah. it inspires the bad cop to be a great cop. Mm-hmm. Like we like the idea in, in Hot Fuzz is that, that they they kind of eventually make just one person. Yeah, uh-huh. like the sort of the two of them kind of ne- neither of both of them have qualities that the other one lacks, mm-hmm. and it's not that they become two great cops at the end. Mm-hmm. They are like one unit. Right. It's like they sort of they they they're only good as a mm-hmm. team. And, like, that doesn't mean that, like, if they went their separate ways afterwards that they would be any good separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons. It's funny, like, if ever anybody asks, and it's a similar thing with Shaun of the Dead, but even more so with this, is, like, people sort of say, oh, would you do a Hot Fuzz 2? And I sort of say, well, it would be difficult to, because the thing is, when you do a film where somebody goes on a journey, once they've reached the end of that journey, and in the last scene of the film, Nicholas (laughs) Angel... Kind of the the joke to go back to Michael Winner again, like, but like, kind of the joke <laughs> as the, we always as must. we always do. But kind of the joke in the last scene is Nicholas Angel is like a fascist super cop. He's yeah. become that right wing Avenger from all mm-hmm. of those eighty films. He's got the black bomber jacket. He's wearing the shades. He's wearing the killer's gloves. He's yeah, got like the yeah. black gloves on. And the thing is, is that sort of like, how do you start Hot Fuzz Two from there? <laughs> it's kind of that thing. That's why I thought the Matrix sequels didn't work is because where do you go at the end of the first film when your character has become a god mm-hmm. it's like you know kind of and the only way you can go is to throw in some well, doubt again end, like, yeah. well you know, maybe he's it, not a god everything's happened spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched it hopefully yeah. you... <laughs> we just we just don't care about that anymore no, that seems okay, on this thing good. we just ruin everything <laughs> it's your own fault for clicking a hot yeah. podcast, <laughs> podcast title um but you know like all the shit's gone down and then they're all in the office and Um, joking around and he's finally like laughing along with everybody and I feel like the first time you see he doesn't smile until almost 50 minutes into the film as well Nick Mm. Angel Um, and so yeah I would well I agree with Edgar Wright which I'm sure he (laughs) wants to know Um, in that Edgar I'm with you (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean that is the journey he starts to enjoy the everyday life things that he never did before and then Danny it has become an actual better police officer. I love Hot Fuzz and I don't have never felt the need to see a sequel. Mm. There's some movies where I just pretend like the sequel doesn't exist because it doesn't fit with my fantasy of like what, what that character would be doing now. Or even just, I know this is a bit cliche, but like the last season of Game of Thrones, like, right, you yeah. know, you just kind of block that out and pretend it doesn't <laughs> exist. Put your fingers in your ears. Yeah. And... <laughs> 
smile. So I'd rather the characters stay true and never hear from them again as opposed to do something that would upset me. I think the thing that they really nail in Hot Fuzz in terms of it being a parody film is the kind of perfect send-up of the buddy cop duo of, like, American action films Mm -hmm. that they're kind of making fun of and stuff like Lethal Weapon in the sense that both of the characters are really fallible in a way that's so banal yeah. and stupid, how one is, like, really, really good at his job and one is really, really bad at his job, mm-hmm. as opposed to something like a personal drama or a relationship or something like that. That's where the flaws come in, but this is just so black and white. Yeah, that that's it, so that's true. Hilarious. And I think, as well as comedy actors, it's just a cool thing to be able to do. In a comedy bar, you get to, like, ride through a town on a horse with, like, all these guns on your back and stuff. That's, yeah. But... I think the thing that also makes it work is they're taking it seriously. He's not, Mm. you know... When they have the shot looking up at them, the sort of bad boys, classic bad boys shot of the helicopter coming over and looking up, they're not trying to be funny in that moment. That moment is obviously a reference and is funny and they're taking it. Not everything has to be a joke. It just is a joke. Yeah, exactly. Inherently. That's such a cool thing as, like, a comedy performer to aspire to. Like, oh, you can be doing comedy, but you can also do some really, like, badass, cool... Yeah. stuff in the mixing of genres. It kind of wears its parody-ness on its sleeve, but isn't so obnoxious about it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess I never... Well, I think I described it as a parody at the start of this, but I don't know if I've ever really thought of it as a parody so much as just like an yeah, homage mm. sort of thing and taking a lot of references from different movies and using them. But it doesn't feel really like it's making fun of the genre. Yeah. It's just sort of twisting it and like like, utilizing it yeah and it's also just cool to see it in that setting with like british performers and in this like small cottagey you know stony pathed town Mm. like you just never see that from a screenwriting perspective it's like write what you know yeah in the really kind of it's almost like an obnoxious way of saying, well, I know action movies because I've seen so many and I know where I've grown up. So I'm yeah. going to, like, shove those two things together and, like, see the movie that I know, I guess. Yeah. And I love that it was it's shot in the town that I grew up in because it's just, like, that's the dream as a director mm. to be able to do that. Yeah. I'd love to go back to Townsville and, like, shoot <laughs> everywhere I've been and, like, in the old place I used to work and, you know. Yeah. I guess it's that same thing, too, with Simon Pegg. You feel like he's really kind of giving it his all, Edgar Wright, kind of, and the town itself kind of feels like it's giving itself up to that because of Edgar Wright having grown up there, Yeah, I guess. I really love watching stuff where you want to be there and Mm. you, like, want to be in the world and it's just, you know, like a cosy pub and, like, a really cute little town and I just don't like... I I don't like um, dusty... movies (laughs) like dusty tv shows that's why i can never get into breaking bad because everything's so dusty all the time someone with a broom needs to work through this desert forget it just forget it um off the back of that there was a thing i read i'm pretty sure it was a journal called hey dude where's my donut by brian johnson i'll just read this to you sure just it just goes off the back of what you said so once the action starts it doesn't know where to stop Of course, Overkill is what the genre is all about, and a parody of the genre is obliged to ratchet the mayhem to another level. But even as the mood turns to heavy rain metal, Hot Fuzz remains a character-driven comedy, tempered with deft asides. And through the eyes of the earnest movie buff played by Frost, you can sense the director surrendering to his filmmaker fantasy of seeing the bustle of a Hollywood action movie in the English hedgerows of his own backyard. And so that's just a succinct... 
Yeah, it's like what I said, what we said, better. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that, Brian Johnson. Thanks for writing in. Good on you, Brian. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing as well with Hot Fuzz, like if there's any single people listening, if, you, if you're <laughs> um, having... I, call in. If you want to impress people, say that Hot Fuzz is your favourite movie. Like, seriously, any guy that I've ever said that to, they're like, I'm not saying that they like want to date me after I say it, but mm-hmm. there's just this like but look of... <laughs> yeah, I'm not do, saying yeah. it, but it's implied. <laughs> but I mean, every it, it is. <laughs> it's not to sound like a, a cool girl, you know, mm-hmm. like I like hot dogs and watching football and my favourite <laughs> movie is Hot Fuzz, but it kind of is because, yeah, it's just like a surprising thing for people that that's your favourite movie. So that's my little um, romantic tidbit for anyone that needs it. Um, so this is going to be a dating show from, yeah. next, <laughs> yes. from next episode. <laughs> Going back to it, I was, I guess I would just ask, what do you feel? feel is the difference between parody and homage in something like this? I guess it's almost pretty clear between Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Like, Shaun of the Dead is definitely a zombie movie parody. Like, it's called Shaun of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. There's just, like, every zombie movie trope, almost in a more insincere way, I guess. You know, like, they're looking, you know, pushing back the curtain and there's a zombie in there, that kind of stuff. They play that up more in a way that feels like a parody as opposed to quick shots of guns and foot on the pedal and, you know, mm. sort of thing. Like, that feels like, oh, that's an homage. Whereas, like, really up playing the fact that someone just got, you know, they're throwing records at the zombies instead of, you know, weapons and that yeah. kind of thing. Like, it's a bit sillier, I Do guess. Do you think it's more to how specific the thing is that they're making fun of? Because zombies is, like, one super specific genre almost, mm. whereas action is, like really really broad and also kind of does a few other things yeah i think also with the homage thing is it homage or homage it's homage 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 okay Sorry. <laughs> the thing that i kept seeing in regards to kind of reviews for this film is the word heart and how people say hot fuzz has a lot of heart or it's like big on heart or whatever mm kind of the emotional core of it and the thing that kind of elevates it. And I guess beyond the kind of, like, comedy and action side, there's kind of this undercurrent of, like, sincerity and emotion and whatnot. So I guess what do you think that heart is referencing when people when people say it in relation to Hot Fuzz? What do you think the heart of Hot Fuzz is, I guess? I say, well, the main sort of, like, emotional force is the relationship between Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's characters yeah. and the bond and i know that yeah simon Pegg's character was going to have a love interest and then they took it out but they kept a lot of the same lines in and they just said them to each other instead yeah, in right, this like romance funny. sort of way and um nick frost is also so good at this kind of like tender innocent stupid like character like that... a patrick star kind of from oh SpongeBob. God, yeah totally and right. you just feel Sorry for him, especially when they have the fight and everything. Their relationship is definitely, like, the heart of the film. And even, you know, another spoiler alert, when Danny's dad turns out to be the bad guy and he's got his gun aimed at him and he could shoot him and he chooses not to and he does the, the putting his gun in the air thing. and going, ah. Yeah. Um, that genuinely, like, even though it's obviously a reference to Point Break, it just gets me every time, like, and that's because he's, again, taking it seriously, you know, mm. it's, like, an actual dramatic moment, he's not... It, like, still works as a sequence in the film, as in he mm. is doing it to represent, I guess, his emotional reaction to what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just something that's, like, superficially done, it has a character purpose, even though that is obviously kind of 
silly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also like the sort of overarching message of, you know, him thinking that being a sergeant in London is, you know, the thing that will make him happy, whereas living in a small town and having friendships and relationships is actually the thing that makes him Hmm. complete. And I think, for myself anyway, as someone who, you know, wants to be writing and directing feature films and all that kind of stuff, it's kind of, I can relate to that on the level of what you think you need to do and what will actually make you happy. Does that make sense? As in for you in terms of what you're trying to achieve with doing that or that goal? To, like, not put all your self-worth in your career goal. Right, yeah. Like, to, yeah, space it out a bit. Like <laughs> Just calm down. <laughs> Just calm down, <laughs> yeah. Um, the pronunciation is homage. So you were... I hate that. You were right. H-O-M-U-H-J. Homer? <laughs> Wait. Homo? Homage. 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 That do- definitely doesn't sound right. It doesn't. Thank you, Google, for absolutely nothing. That heart remark people make about the kind of emotional consciousness or undercurrent kind of runs through the trilogy, uh, the Cornetto trilogy. I was wondering why you think it's so remarkable for those movies as, as comedy movies, because I think other comedy films have something that they're going for in terms of like a little emotional core but why do you think it really stands out in something like Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead? I think maybe just because there's so much going on like they pack so much stuff into the two hours and Mm. it's so many different genres and somehow they've got this underlying thing that's not that obvious something that's otherwise super action-packed it's got you know sometimes romance and you know family and friendship and you're fighting zombies or you're fighting a whole police force or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah i just think that it's remarkable how much they can pack into it without it feeling packed yeah i guess that goes to the like intro references Mm. as well and kind of how it how it builds on itself but feels simple yeah Rewatching it it doesn't really take a minute to like let's have the romance scene or the emotion scene like let's think about where we were and where we're going and how things are tough or whatever it's just like let's keep the jokes coming and keep the story moving yeah and i yeah maybe that's a good point there's not like okay this is now where you know this happened this person cries or it's kind of more laid throughout it Mm. in you know one or two lines said between people that you know builds up to something else but it's really subtle and maybe that's also i think edgar wright is quite well known for his visual style and the way he kind of uses the camera to really punch into objects or like things that are going on and i think this movie has quite a lot of visual comedy but it also probably is that skill of his to show don't tell in terms of what people are feeling yeah and and even just setting up spaces you know like when he's going to the small town he's getting further and further away from london and going to the small town and they'll just do a shot every now and then of his nokia phone losing signal yeah and like that's such a just relatable thing that takes half a second and you know that it's setting up that that's what that town is he's, yeah is this the first time you watched it because of interviewing me or have you seen it already um i've seen it i watched it like maybe seven or eight years ago and i haven't seen it since do you uh, like it yeah, I think it's really funny. I um, would say it's definitely one of the funniest movies, kind of full stop. Yeah. So thank you for making me rewatch it, I guess. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I would just say it's like it was filmed 13 years ago now, mm. and it's pretty much, to me, a perfect 
movie in a lot of ways. Like, obviously there's things now, as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, there's not one person of colour in this entire movie. And, you know, the female characters say three sentences each sort of thing. But even then it's, I don't know, just everything aside from that is just... I I just never tire of it. And I've I've watched it twice or three times over the last few days in preparation. It addresses a lot of the concerns and injustices that I think happen in terms of what the police force is as a entity mm-hmm. but it doesn't really like it doesn't kind of say here's an example the heroes of it are police officers and the villains of it are police officers and you know old white people as well so it's mm. just like an interesting i don't feel like i've seen that many movies that do that yeah and i think also a criticism when uh, a director like edgar Right, I suppose, who is just a white man, if he were to take on, like, character studies like that, where there was going to be a character, uh, person of colour in it who was arrested unfairly or whatever, mm-hmm. I think there would be that criticism of Edgar Wright, like, whether or not he should be able to tell this story or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so really does kind of speak to what he knows in terms of who he is as a person and, I guess, what he understands. Yeah, and I guess who knows, you know, if he made it hot fuzz in 2020, it could be a lot different to what it is now. Yeah, I feel like this would be where something like Hot Fuzz 2 could could come in. Oh. He was he was talking about like obviously in that clip yeah. not really being able to conceive of it for, but to come back yeah 13 years later into a situation that's yeah, so I'll chaotic. Let, we should let him know that he and Quentin Tarantino were wrong. Mm. I think that would be um, Edgar, just when you get this, hey, call me. Hey, hey, Quentin. Or Fiona. You've got our numbers. Where is comedy in 2020, do you feel? Feature film comedy in 2020 Ooh. in relation to 2007. Well, on the Will Ferrell train, I'm, like, obsessed with the Eurovision Fire Saga movie. Mm. Have you seen it? No, I haven't got to oh, it yet, but I've seen clips of it. so good. If if we were doing this in a couple months more time, I might choose that as my I'm <laughs> favourite <swapping>. thing. <laughs> I'm redacting and I'm swapping. And that's kind of the same thing as Blades of Glory, I guess. It's like parodying Eurovision and Blades of Glory's sort of poking fun at ice figure skating. So, I mean, in terms of that, it's in the same place yeah. <laughs> 13 years later because so it's the same kind changed, of movie. Nothing's changed, Nothing's um, changed. Um, but my thinking was that, I, I don't. Maybe maybe I'm not like finger on the pulse on this, but I just don't really think of any comedy films coming out at the cinemas that you want to go and watch. Definitely out in the cinemas as well, because I feel like <laughs> a lot of comedy and stuff is on Netflix now because it isn't sort of Oscar bait or you know like as epic as it used to be. You can kind of make comedy cheaper, hmm. um, generally speaking, of course, than drama movies set in 1800s Italy and whatever. Yeah, so to get a comedy movie out in a cinema at the moment, I think, would be pretty hard, especially because a lot of cinemas are shut. Yeah. I think comedy in 2020 as well, you know, obviously it's a lot more socially minded. There's a lot more sort of feminist and racially driven comedies that are, like, making a point, as you said, that emotional sort of um, undercurrent. I personally like to sort of write comedies that are feminist skewed because it's a good way to sort of get out your opinions and what you want to see different in the world, but Mm -hmm. in a more palatable way. That's how I'm using comedy at the moment. But then at the same time, I would also love to write or direct something like Hot Fuzz that doesn't have such a heavy, I guess, undertone. Because I think as well, if Hot Fuzz were to come out now, especially right now, which the date today is the 16th of July, 2020, Mm. 
I think it would be considered kind of insensitive or might be kind of critically reviewed as maybe like not appropriate or something like that. I guess do you feel that comedy films nowadays aren't released to like a, a big mainstream audience because that kind of critical considerations more prevalent? Well, certainly now, like, like literally right in this moment, I think right. if you had made Hot Fuzz and were waiting to release it, you probably would postpone that, and rightfully so. I think it's just not the time for that kind of yeah. thing. Um, to have the change, you need to be more sensitive at the time and in general. So I think if it was being released now, I personally would have postponed it. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Edgar Wright. It, yeah, I'll, I'll let Edgar know that as well. Text him. <laughs> not the sequel now, Edgar. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> And, like, yeah, I go in and out because I think comedy is, you know, meant to push the limits and, you know, sometimes yeah. be offensive or whatever. But at the same time, you don't need to be racist or sexist or, you know, transphobic to be funny. There's a lot of jokes out there that aren't those things. So I think people just need to be a bit more smart with their comedy too. It's not... You can still push the limits without being a bad person. Has comedy become more niche in the way that there are so many more ways it can be released I guess so many different streaming services and different ways people interact with comedy and I guess YouTube is perhaps a lot more prevalent now and maybe more creators are turning to that so do you think it's a a saturation thing like in terms of options yeah maybe and even like you know comments I read on Reddit or something I see on TikTok is some of the funniest things that I consume like I will laugh out loud and be like man I would never think of something like that so I think it's just giving a lot more people the opportunity to be funny I'm like I'm kind of stressed as my first podcast I've ever done I'm like oh no if I say the wrong thing this is like forever Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they can just take that one sound clip of me being like "Mm, fund the police that's the (laughs) line I got (laughs) and I'm gonna be on like BuzzFeed in five years that's how I get paid for this I actually just (laughs) funnel stuff to BuzzFeed so I'll just do a blanket apology now if I've said the wrong thing at any point (laughs) I'll cut it out (laughs) yeah Do you think part of your comedy comes from that place of treating everything as kind of like an equal playing field, equal ground? Well, the things I've written... Well, cause, yeah, so I did like a um, sketch series for ABC Comedy called Too Pretty To Be Witty, hmm. and each one was a parody. You know, one was a parody of a dating game show, one was a parody of a pop song, and one was a parody of a film trailer. Yeah. And so in each one of those, it was a comment. You know, I was being that overtly girly damsel in distress in the in the um, movie yeah, trailer. Yeah, that's and that the one I was thing. thinking about as well. Yeah. yeah, so in that in that series, I definitely was just, like, it's embracing the absurd and, you know, pointing it out to see the issue within all those different things and how hmm. women and minorities are treated and everything. The stuff that I'm starting to write now is more, like, still commenting on that kind of stuff, but either just... I'm writing, like, a teen comedy romance feature film at the moment because mm-hmm. um, I want to have that... We haven't, you know, we've had, like, Mean Girls and Clueless and those kind of movies, and we haven't had, like, a classic like that in a long time. Mm. So that was kind of, like, my want to write that. But, you know, to do it in a way, yeah, that is a more equal playing field and, you know, not everything has to be about the guy or the girl and, you know, the woman can be interested in... Hot dogs. <laughs> Astro... <laughs> Yeah, hot the woman dogs, can like hot, hot dogs and fuzz. hot fuzz and hot rods, yeah. hot wheels. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Everything hot. Yeah, I, I just think it's just, you know, 
every writer's responsibility now to take that kind of stuff into consideration because the people who watch it are going to grow up and think that's how the world works so in terms of like genre films like the ones you cited like mean girls and stuff oh just in general like you know content that's being made today yeah like that's what romance is or that's right, how, right, right. you know like the girls nuance act of it. Or, yeah, yeah. And i think that's um my other when you asked me what my favorite thing was my other option was 30 rock but that's like a yeah very broad spectrum of things we could talk about mm. but that was tina fey being you know liz lemon that's the first time i'd ever seen a female on tv or film that I related to and was like, oh my god, oh thank god someone else thinks that too, or you know, like wears ugly pajamas to bed with no makeup and that right. kind of stuff that just had never, that I had never consumed before. That like kind her of authentic. Just being woman. like a normal person as opposed to mm-hmm. yeah, that Hollywood thing. So I think when, it, it's just the time now that we can think about that more as writers. My favourite part of the whole movie, just mm-hmm. I don't know. I when I'm watching it, I'll just rewind it a couple of times into it. Is when like the police officers are all at the pub, and there's the two Andys who like look the same and both have mustaches or whatever. And one drinks their drink, and he's got beer no, foam on thing. his yeah, right. mustache. And then it's like Nicholas Angel's like, "Oh, you've got a mustache," and he's like, "I know." <laughs> oh, it's just so good. I can't explain it. It's just the best joke I've ever heard and will ever hear. <laughs> I love it so much. But you can't wait to jump into Sergeant Popwell's grave. I'm not jumping into anyone's grave. Got a mustache. I know. Hot Fuzz is my favourite thing because it just holds up and it's funny and it's action-packed and it's heartwarming. It's like, an well, for me, an easy watch um, and Mm. just, yeah, you... Every time you watch it, you will hear or see or learn something different. Yeah. And it's packed with every British actor anyone's ever loved. <laughs> like, they're just everywhere. It's so good. Such a good cast. And just watch it. You have to. Or Fiona Gilman and Edgar Wright will be coming to your home. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino and his feet. Jack, if he's not busy. I'll be free. Okay. <laughs> I'll swing by to your house and I'll force you to watch this movie. <laughs> when... I knew that I was going to be talking about Hot Fuzz, so I was like, oh, I'll watch it again. And so then I was like, oh, I've got... I'll put in a DVD of it. And I didn't realise I have... Good. One. Oh, my God. Two. Three Hot Fuzzes. Three World's Ends. Why? And two Shaun of the Dead DVDs. And I didn't watch any of them. I streamed it on Netflix. <laughs> I don't know why I've got so many. This is, like, between me and my boyfriend. Right. Accumulatively, so but that's still too much for two people. So not only was the address thing not a joke, we can also supply you with a copy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> a copy of each movie. Yeah, on if a you say system. if you're like, I couldn't possibly, I don't have Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've got you covered because I've got so we, many copies. What could we win with that DVD? Um, well, this is Andrew G's Xmas wish list. Uh-huh. What is <laughs> it's an instant winner every hour. You can win an iPod Nano, Ooh, movie tickets, DVDs, relevant. and CDs. So we know. Wow. But this was released in 2007. Thank you, Andrew 2007. G. Remember that. iPod Nano. I mean, it's a visual thing. It's not <laughs> like wanna... podcasts are a visual medium. Just imagine Fiona Gilman is shuffling a stack of Blu-rays in front of me, <laughs> and I'm trying not to laugh. I'll drown in these one day. That's how I'll die. <laughs> Guys, in it real time, you can go on my Instagram, Fiona Gilman, and you can go on the podcast Instagram. Follow the po- follow <laughs> the um, Instagram account for this podcast at 
T-A-M-F-T underscore podcast, and you can see the photo I'm about to take live right now. <laughs> Fiona Gilman. Wait, I need to get my... Like, let's take a fun one where you say hot fuzz. <laughs> hot fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Until next time.